What's up, everyone? Welcome back to this episode here on Lissa's Life. Today, I have a really special guest. She is an entrepreneur, a consultant, a keynote speaker, a confidence coach, and an author. She's coming out with her new book very soon called Asian Women Who Boss Up. Please welcome Miss Sheena Yap Chan. Hey, Alyssa, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm really grateful. And to the listeners, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy today's episode as well. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. It's funny how we kind of just met the other day through Facebook. Like, I kind of want to tell the listeners the story. But basically, Sheena and I are a part of this Facebook group called um, Asian Podcasters Network on Facebook. And she commented on one of my posts talking about my podcast. And from there, we kind of just started chatting on Facebook and Yesterday was when we really first met each other through Zoom, and she's such an interesting person, so nice. She's a boss, like she is an entrepreneur representing Asian Canadians and just Asian women, and that's something that I really admire about you, and I just found you so cool. So welcome to the show. Why don't you introduce yourself to the audience and talk about what you do? For sure. Thanks for that great introduction. And as Alyssa mentioned, um, one of the things that I do is I help Asian women break out of their shell so they can live an authentic life and thrive. And that's really important because growing up, I know what it's like to grow up as an Asian woman. You're just told what to do and you just follow that path and never rock the boat. And because of that, we go through so many confidence issues. And so that's what I I really want to help Asian women do that because I don't want them to suffer. And I know it's not fun. And so we we only have one life to live. So we got to, you know, make the most of it. Other than that, I also do keynote speaking. I also do, I also have a book coming out that that Alyssa mentioned called Asian Women Who Boss Up. Actually, there's two books that's coming out. So the first one is Asian Women Who Boss Up, while the other one is Women of Color Who Boss Up. And these are very important books because you don't really see a lot of books that highlight Asian women on a cover or that highlight women of color on a cover. And so it's 2021. We really need that kind of representation or else we'll always be invisible. Other than that, I also have a podcast called The Tao of Self-Confidence, where I interview Asian women about their journey to self-confidence. And one of the main reasons why I do that is because I really want to create a strong representation of Asian women, showing them that we're not quiet, submissive, or obedient, that we're not sex objects. We're way more than that. We're courageous. We're resilient. We're resourceful. We're competent. And we're confident. So that's a little bit about me. We love to hear it. We love that. And that's why I admire your work so much because when we were talking yesterday for the first time over Zoom, we a bunch of what we were talking about is how there is a lack of Asian representation in the media. I mean, you're in Canada and I'm in the States. Um, but still, there's such a lack of Asian representation in the media, in Hollywood, in politics, just everywhere. And because of that, what is shown through the media is very little of us. 
So we talked about kind of the stereotypes that we have been placed under. For example, you will see, you know, Asians in Hollywood portrayed as the nerdy, geeky, academic, smart Asian. And then you'll also see Asians as martial artists. And because it's it's such a shame. And that's kind of perpetuating this perception of us to our to the rest of society to the rest of our um culture that we are just kind of boxed in and you and I are trying so hard to break that you know stereotype and it's so important and we even talked about how because there is a lack of Asian women, we kind of were ashamed to be who we were. We were ashamed of our looks. We weren't proud of who we were. And you mentioned in one of your podcasts that you wanted to be a white girl named Heather with blonde hair and blue eyes. And even when I was maybe like four or five years old. In one of my podcast episodes, I talked about wishing I had blonde hair and blue eyes and that I was white and everything. So yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of women go through that, right? Every time I mention that story, they're like, my white girl name was Betty or something, right? And that's something we all go through because there's not a lot of representation. I mean, I live in one of the most multicultural cities in the world. I live in Toronto, and yet we still don't see as much representation as we'd like to. But if we really want that, it really has to start with us. And sometimes it sucks because you feel like you're all alone, but there are people who are doing the same thing. You just don't know about it. But, you know, once you put yourself out there and just keep knocking those doors down, it'll eventually happen. I know as Asian, for the Asian community, it might take a while because we're not used to like putting ourselves out there or having a voice or having a platform to use our voice, to speak our truth, to even just show up as our true selves. And it's very important to do that because, you know, it's 2021 and we don't want to keep passing on the same things that we've been taught from generation to generation, because it's really hurting us as a whole, like learning to please other people, not doing, practicing self-care, like self-care is something that's super important because we really have to focus on ourselves first before we can go out there and help others. Exactly. And I even talked to you about this yesterday, how Asian women, there's just so much pressure put on Asian women to cater to the needs of their communities and their societies first before we tend to our own, which is really damaging. And it kind of goes back to um, the whole Eastern slash Asian mentality of collectivism, um, how Asians think on a more collective level, meaning that they care about the well-being and the good of their communities first before um, they care about themselves. And really, it is self-degrading and self-deprecating in so many ways, because in a way, you're kind of living for the rest of society and not for yourself. And I don't want to be too dark about this, but you know, at the end of your life, when you go to your grave it's really you who you're supposed to be living for and not the rest of um, society. Um, So yeah, it's definitely important 
for us Asian women to band together, uplift one another, and especially uplift ourselves and take care of ourselves because we so deserve it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think it's better that we work together than doing this alone because a lot of us feel like we're the only ones who's going through what we're going through. And by creating the podcast and interviewing so many Asian women, you can realize like you can relate to at least one person there, right? Who's been through the same thing that you've been through or even worse was, but was still able to pick themselves back up and really go after what they want because then, then they start to believe in, this, in themselves. They start to realize their own worth and they just went ahead and did it. it. I'm not saying it's, you know, a walk in the park. Of course there's challenges because there's a lot that's life, but when the moment you start believing in yourself, and even if it's not a hundred percent, even if it's like 51%, that's fine. Cause at least you can build on it and you can build on it step by step. So you really got to, you know, start believing in yourself first before, and then you'll be able to take the action because a lot of us, like we always feel like we're not good enough. And because we think like that, then we, we end up having confidence from inaction because of how we see ourselves. And it's so important to work on your mindset, to realize your worth or to connect with like-minded women who may be able to see it when you can't see it yet, because sometimes we can't see it. We have a lot of blind spots and that's why need to ask for help, whether it's getting coaching, connecting with a like-minded group, connecting with like-minded women. It's very important to to surround yourselves with women who are there for you, who will walk with you side by side when times are tough, because in life, it's not linear. It's like a roller coaster. Sometimes you'll be up, sometimes you'll be down. And it's, that's life. Like we have to learn to live life like that. Right. I know back when you were brought up, it's like our parents try to like kind of shield us from away from all these things not because they 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 do it out of love they just don't want us to get hurt but sometimes we we need to go through them so we can learn how to get back up like we need to get go through failures go through rejection so that we can realize like if this happens again it'll be a lot faster for me to pick myself back up and i feel like because asian parents or just talking from my own experience with my parents i feel like because they tried to shelter me from a lot of things, I eventually had to come to terms with these cer- certain things that I had to be sheltered from. And it was much harder for me to confront them and work through them now or yeah, now at this point in my life than I would have been back then. Um, and so, but, you know, being exposed to certain things that they tried to shelter you from is a learning curve. And it's really just lessons and lessons that you build upon in life. But you touched upon self-confidence and believing in yourself, which is so important, especially if you're a content creator, if you're an entrepreneur, if whatever position you're in in life, you have to believe in yourself wholeheartedly. So let's talk about the Tao of self-confidence. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's a podcast that I started about five years ago and it was something that, you know, I just really wanted to do because I felt like something was lacking in the world, which was having a support system where Asian women can turn to when they're going through self-confidence issues, like just specifically for Asian women or just creating that stronger representation just because it was needed. I mean, sometimes you look at things and you're like, why isn't there enough representation? And sometimes you just have to take things into your own hands and do it. And 
back then I didn't know what a podcast was. I didn't know how to create one. I didn't even know how to, you know, get women to say yes to be being interviewed. Like there right. was just so many things I did not know what to do, but I figured I would like figure it out along the way. And sometimes we just have to do that. And it's not like it was easy for me to start a podcast. It, it wasn't like I would, I would like overanalyze everything and think, is this going to be okay? What if I fail? What if people don't like me? What if the show sucks? What if like, there was so many what ifs, right? And it delayed me for so long until someone told me to just put it out there. And if it fails, at least, you know, the result. And that's what failure is. It's not like an end result. It's just a result. It's a result for you to make a decision to keep going or move on to the next. And so from then on, you know, I just just kept on going. It took one person at a time and started asking people to in, be interviewed. And it's not like everyone said yes. I got a lot of no's and I've already interviewed over 800 women. So imagine how much rejection I went through. But I want people to realize like that's that's life, right? Like sometimes I can't even handle rejection that well but I have to realize like it's a result and I have to move on and I'm just being honest because you know as human beings like it can get to us sometimes it can be debilitating it can really be a downer but you have to look at the bigger picture like having a huge purpose like I had a huge purpose it was to really elevate Asian women's voices have a stronger representation and so I'm going to keep doing that even when days are tough even when I feel like quitting even if I'm crying alone in my bed like yeah I just have to realize like it's bigger than me right right I love that and keeping your whole purpose and mission in mind is so paramount whenever you're trying to pursue something and you touched upon how failure and rejection is just a part of life and the way I see failure and rejection it really is just an opportunity for you to learn and then take that lesson and see how you can improve and implement the changes so that when another opportunity comes your way for the next time, you'll be able to slay. But I was watching this podcast interview with Kris Jenner and Goldman Sachs. I know it's kind of random, but she basically said this about rejection that If you're talking to a bunch of people and someone says no to you, you're talking to the wrong person. So it really is just persevering and trying again and trying again and having that purpose and mission in your mind that, oh, I'm doing this to represent Asian women and be a voice for them and advocate for them or whatever your mission or purpose is. Um, So very, very important. Now, How do you find confidence? Well, there's lots of things I do uh, to build confidence, especially like when I, when I have moments of self-doubt, I say three affirmations to myself. I say, Mm -hmm. I am loved, I am worthy, and I am enough. And I keep telling myself that until I feel like I start feeling good. And that's important because when I first, when I did it the first time, it was really awkward because I never would say affirmations to myself. And when I used to do it, I had like a hundred affirmations and I'm like, I don't want to have to say a hundred. I just want to say three. Like this is the three that's enough for me to say to keep going until I feel Mm -hmm. good. But that's not the only things I do. Like I do work on my mindset. Every time I think of something negative, I try to, as fast as I can, think of the 
the opposite, right? So think something positive. I even, you know, listen to positive audio in my sleep because nobody realizes how powerful our brain is. Like just because you're sleeping, your brain is still awake. And that's, that's actually the best time to listen to something positive because your brain's not like, working on anything else. It's just focus on whatever you put on. Right. And if it's, if you, if you're a light sleeper, you can always just, you know, listen to a positive audio 20 minutes before you go to sleep. Right. Let it be the last thing that your brain is thinking of. So at least it's working on that. Um, other than that, I, you know, surround myself with like-minded women, you know, what I got a coach to help me even just push through my own fears and rejection. I also, you know, work out because for me, that's like my form of meditation, but you have to pick and choose what works for you, right? Sometimes what works for me might not work for you. Like I like to read books. You might not, you might just like to listen to audio and that's okay. Like this is, this is your life. You get to choose what will help you get better, right? It's not like, you know, all confident people are loud and boisterous. Like everyone's different. You can be an introvert and still be confident. Yeah. And it's all about, yeah, it's all about showing showing up as your true self, your authentic self. And I know sometimes it's not easy, right? Because in the world of social media, it can get crazy. But the more you show up, you're, you show up as your true self, like the right people will come to you. Exactly. And I also feel like to piggyback off of what you said that I'm sure you've probably seen this quote and saying around the internet a lot about how confidence is not a personality trait, rather it's a muscle that you exercise. So you have to keep working at it. It doesn't always come naturally to you. There are moments where I can speak for myself, where I just go into situations really scared and nervous and that's okay. And it's okay to feel intimidated. I remind myself that, you know, I, whatever situation I'm going into, I might just be new at it or I'm just, I'm putting too much pressure on myself, but I go into it scared, nervous, intimidated, but knowing that I'm still going to do it and that I'm not going to back out of it. So it's okay to be scared and acknowledge that and still do it anyway. And I really feel like that is what confidence and what boldness and bravery is to go into a situation that you're scared of and still do it anyway, knowing that you're scared. Yeah. And when it comes to to fear, right? Like sometimes we get so scared that stops us from doing anything. And sometimes we just have to learn to push through it. Even if we screw up, even if we make mistakes, even if we have sweaty palms, even if we stutter or laugh nervously, sometimes you just got to push through it to get over it. And like at the end, when you're still standing, you're going to realize it wasn't as bad as you thought it would be. And the moment you can just push through it, like it's a game changer. It really does build that confidence. I know because I've been through so many things that I was afraid of and just push through it. And I'm still here. I'm still standing. Like it wasn't as bad. It may be, it may seem like it's bad at the time you were doing it, but when you look back, it's not so bad. And so you have to like realize that's the only way we can like push through our fears or like embrace our fears. This is just take action. Even if we're scared, like to be fearless, isn't meaning like you don't have fears is having fears, but doing it anyway. Exactly. Have you ever experienced any like nerve wracking 
um, situations that you've gone into as an entrepreneur, like perhaps maybe pitching to someone or taking a meeting with someone? Like, could you talk to us about a time where that happened? Oh my gosh. I don't, there's so many, like even just creating this, this book, Asian women who boss up and women of color who boss up, like it was like nerve wracking for me to just contact people and talk to them about this thing because I didn't know what they were going to say. There was one time where I talked to one girl and I was stuttering like crazy and laughing out of nervousness (laughs) and she thought something was wrong with me, but I held, you know, I held it, I held it through the end and I made it without like crying or like breaking down. Like I was okay. Even though I screwed up, even though it was just a, it was just a total mess. I pushed through it. And like I mentioned, it wasn't as bad as I thought. And I just moved on to the next and kept moving on to the next. And you know, it starts in little steps. Like I didn't have the confidence when I first started, but I just did it step by step. Right. The first step was, okay, I'm going to send an email. And hopefully someone says yes, right? Right. And then I set up a call and then I set up another call. And then whoever said yes or no, I just kept moving on until I found the right people who had the same, you know, the same purpose as I did, which was to elevate Asian women's voices. And so even sometimes like when you're like in a meeting and you feel like you don't know what you're doing because we go through imposter syndrome, sometimes we just have to really just have the confidence to know that we're competent enough to figure it out. And like even interviewing so many women on the podcast, when they first started their business, they had no clue what they were doing, but they just figured it out along the way. And as women, we're really good at that. (laughs) So we really just have to learn to figure things out along the way. Just do it even if we're not ready, right? Because we're so good at like ready, aim, fire that we forget to fire. But if you just ready, fire, aim, you just keep, you know, firing until you get to that right aim. And, you know, you learn a lot and then you, you know, it's a story that you can share with other people saying, this is what I had to do to get through where I am today. Um, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes, you know, when you hear all these overnight success, you think, oh, wow, they, they got there so fast, but really they didn't. They've been knocking down doors, you know, knocking every like obstacle that came in their way until to like, until they reached, you know, that part of success. Right. And you have to understand, like, there is no overnight success. Like people did have to work through it. People did go through their ups and downs and probably ugly cried every day. And I think (laughs) if more people just shared what they went through, people can realize like, you know, yeah, it's not easy. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it sucks, but it's all worth it in the end. Exactly. And, you know, you're doing this for yourself in the end. And the thing with a lot of entrepreneur influencers that I see on Instagram or like on YouTube or wherever is, I mean, you don't necessarily see the whole picture of what they've had to go through or what has happened um, to them behind closed doors. And so it's always just like refreshing to know all the obstacles and challenges that they've had to overcome because it really isn't easy like this whole entrepreneurial path is not a straight line. If you're building a business, a podcast, a website, a blog, if you're an author or whatever individual personal project that you're trying to pursue and you're trying to grow that from the ground up, it takes a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And on top of that, a lot of people around you may not necessarily support your vision or really believe in your vision or believe in you. And 
maybe not in so much of a condescending way. Like for me, for example, I have friends who were supportive and kind of nudged me to start this Lissa's Life podcast. Um, So it, it was really great. But a lot of people just don't have support in that area. And I know for my parents, when I told them I had a podcast, they were kind of just like, what is that? And I had to explain to them that was kind of like a radio show because they don't really know what podcasts are. Um, But I was like, you know, it's basically a radio show where I have to talk, where I talk about my life. And they're like, what? So I don't think my parents really give it much thought. But that's just an example of some of the things that you have to get over and accept knowing that not everyone around you will believe in your vision, believe in you or support your vision. And you have to be willing to work through that and support yourself and going back to the whole, our whole spiel of believing yourself and believing in your purpose and your own mission going forward. Yeah. And it's so true. So I really like what you shared today. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And another thing that you talked about was imposter syndrome, which it's so, you can't not feel it wherever you are, whether you get into an Ivy League school, or if you get into a really prestigious company, or whether it's you or me creating a personal individual project, like a business or a podcast, like it's just so hard, especially with social media. We're so, it's so easy for us to compare ourselves to others and feel like, um, am like, am I good enough? Am I like even worthy to be talking to this person? You know, but what I figured out is that we're really all in the same boat. Like we don't have every single aspect of our lives or of our business figured out. And once you kind of realize that everyone is just trying their best, everyone basically wants to be successful it kind of is endearing and you kind of get over that imposter syndrome and relate with other people more. What do you think about imposter syndrome and like, how do you kind of overcome that? Well, I mean, I don't think it's an easy thing to overcome just because of our thought process, you know, our upbringing, how Asian women are viewed. And that's why having stories really help, right? Because there's someone out there you can relate to and realize like if she's able to overcome it, then I can too. And it really takes a lot of mindset shifts and looking things at a different perspective, right? A lot of us feel like we're not good enough or we feel like a fake or there's already someone out there who's doing it better than us. And we have to realize like we're all here for a reason. We all have different gifts and and talents that nobody else has. And you just have to go out there and just take action. And it's scary, but you never know whose life you can change by just going out there and showing up and being who you are. And yeah, it just takes daily work on your mindset because, you know, we've been programmed a different story all our life and learning to switch that takes time, right? Because it's something that's not that that we're not used to doing. And so of course, when you do it the first time, it's going to feel weird because it's something that you've never done before. And 
And so, yeah, so like you mentioned, right, self-confidence is like a muscle. And so even working on your mindset is just like a muscle as well. Like you have to um, work on it daily so that you can have that positive mindset and see yourself, you know, as not a fake. You are someone out there who's creating positive change, who's doing something for the good, who's showing up as your authentic self. And there's always days when we're not a hundred percent confident, right? It, it's mm-hmm. it, like life is up and down. We can't always be like happy all the time because, you know, like, especially right now, right? Like stuck in a pandemic, our mental health has heightened so much and we are mm-hmm. going facing more anxiety and stress. So we have to find ways to, you know, calm our mind, whether it's finding a new hobby or just taking a walk outside to get some fresh air, you know, you find different ways to help you, calm through that. And if it means talking to a health professional, then do it, you know, do what it takes to help you get better. Absolutely. I definitely advocate for seeking mental health resources. Um, I actually did a podcast episode with my aunt who was a therapist and what she had to say about imposter syndrome is, um, say if you're working at this prestigious company, or if you got into this, really big Ivy League school and you feel like you don't deserve to be there or you're not adequate enough, like you have to look at the evidence that got you there, if that makes sense. So say you landed this position at this big company. Well, you have to challenge yourself and think to yourself, well, I do really truly deserve to be here because the hiring managers and HR people really liked me when they interviewed me. And when they first received my application and resume, if they didn't think I was worthy of being a candidate, then they would have tossed my application out with the many thousands of applicants that applied. So, you know, looking at that evidence and challenging your negative thoughts and I also did another episode on therapy um, because I have a therapist, but she basically said to me, if ever you're experiencing negative thoughts, challenge them. So for example, I am not worthy of being in this Ivy League school. Write that down and then next to it say, well, if I'm really not worthy like I think I am, then why did they even consider my application? Why did they, you know, send me that acceptance letter? There had to have been a reason why they wanted to accept me. It was my transcripts. It was my personal essay. It was all of my accolades and achievements. So challenge yourself and challenge your negative thoughts. That's a great tip. I mean, you know, sometimes we have to learn to challenge them, right? or question them, like, why do we think this way? And if we ask the right questions, the right answers will appear. How do you face different challenges along the road in entrepreneurship? I mean, I look back on the things that I've been able to overcome and I kind of, you kind of like transfer that confidence. Like if I was able to do that, then I can do this. And so it's important to like celebrate your success or write down things that you've done before. Cause then you can look at it and see like, Oh, I've done so much. And if I can transfer that same confidence into this new challenge, then I sh- I'll be able to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so learn, yeah. Learning to transfer your confidence, like Um, for me, when I first started podcasting, I had no clue what I was doing, but I was able to, 
you know, accomplish other things before podcasting and just kind of figured out, well, how did I get to that level or how did I get to that stage in my life and kind of use that same process on other things? Because if it worked on one area, why couldn't it work in another? Mm -hmm. True. I definitely do resonate with that sentiment a lot. Um, Sometimes when I'm doubting myself, whether it be getting a new job or accomplishing a new achievement, I'm kind of just like paralyzed in this moment of anxiety. And I'm like, oh my God, do I have this or do I not? But then I think back, I'm like, okay, well, I've achieved all these other things in my life. Why should this be any different? So I definitely resonate with that. And it's really important to keep that in mind whenever you're having a moment of anxiety and you feel like you're about to screw something up or break. But anywho, how does someone become someone like you? Like you're so successful. You have this coaching business. You're featured on Manila Times and Slice. Like what was your path? Well, my path was not easy. I mean, it's just really learning to just keep pushing through all the challenges you go through. Like every day is not paradise, especially like when you're working for yourself. Yeah, you get to pick your own hours, but you know, you could be working from 10 a.m. to 2 2 a.m., right? Like 10 in the morning till 2 a.m. the next day. And so you have to realize like if you really want something to happen, you got to make it happen. You're going to have to sacrifice a little, but in the end, it's all going to be worth it. And so it's just really being perseverant, like always be persistent and consistent and just keep doing the work, keep showing up. And people, there's people out there who are watching you and aren't just saying anything or who are like rooting for you silently. So that's why you just got to, you just got to keep going. Like you just got to push through, especially if it's something that you believe in. Right. And sometimes things change, environment changes. Sometimes what you believed in, like, two years ago might not be what you believe in now. And sometimes it's okay to quit if it doesn't serve you. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. And shout out to all the silent supporters out there. Just shout out. Now I kind of want to know like more logistically, like what came first? Was it your podcast? Was it your coaching business? Like talk to us about how and when all of these projects of yours started. Um, well, the podcast came first. Like I didn't really know what I wanted to do with the podcast. I just knew I had something. And then just along the way, like, you know, it, it, you know, you try to do 20 different things that didn't work and you're like, why isn't it working? And then you kind of have to step back and think like, is this how you really want to do things? Or like, why is it you're, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? And you have to kind of like look back at your purpose and kind of like, look at things in a different lens. And sometimes that takes work because, you know, sometimes we like to try and force things and nothing happens, but when you just do things organically, like, or it has that flow, then things seem to like work a lot better. I'm not saying it's easy. Like, yeah, there's challenges, but you just got to like figure it out, right? Whether it's to hire a coach, you know, to help you do that, that's fine. Right. I think one of the things that delayed me with the most was just asking for help because growing up in an Asian culture, it wasn't proper to ask for help. It was like a sign of weakness or it was like a pride issue. And we have to realize like, it's okay to ask for help. Like it's not the end of the world. And so, yeah, like I like to do things intentionally. I just really wanted to make sure that it can help someone versus just, you know, trying to charge money. Right. Because that's, it may, it may work for a little bit, but it's not something long-term, but if you do things with a purpose intentionally, 
then it becomes more long-term, right? And then, you know, Mm -hmm. things just fall into place. Right. And you and I talked about this yesterday where I was basically telling you how when I started my podcast, I asked myself, okay, Alyssa, if in five years time, you're not making any money and the same handful of people are listening to your podcast, like, would you still continue doing the podcast? And my answer was yes. And that goes and ties in with your whole purpose and mission that if you attach your purpose to what you're doing, it's more long-term. So definitely that's so, so important. Now talk to us about your coaching. Like how does that work? Um, so, so far I've been doing one-on-one coaching, you know, I just ask people like, I'll have them fill out a form. So I get to know, you know, what areas do they need work in? Right. Cause a lot of people deal with, you know, imposter syndrome, not feeling enough mindset shifts that they need to work on. And they just need someone to like guide them and give them a helping hand. Right. Kind of be like, kind of give them that little push to take action. And that's all you need. Sometimes you just need a little push or someone to cheer for you and tell you like, you just did a great job, even if you screwed up. It's okay. Like sometimes we just got to take that imperfect action because if we don't take any imperfect action or any action at all, nothing happens. And I'd rather like, you know, help someone just learn, make a mistake and learn along the way and figure it out versus just not doing anything. But really it's a lot of also mindset work because we've been programmed like so many things, right? Like we've, we have all these stories that we've been told and sometimes unprogramming them can take years, right? And so it would take time. And so we have to like figure out why do we feel the way we feel? And it all goes up to upbringing. You know, maybe you have childhood traumas that you never thought, could affect your adult life, right? Like me, I I failed kindergarten at the age of five in the Philippines. And I never thought that would, that actually like stop me from doing so many things. Cause I used to always think I was a failure at everything. And I know why, because it stemmed from when I was five years old, not graduating kindergarten. Oh my God. Wait, really? That happened? Yeah. (laughs) And And it's not like it was something like, you know, she failed because she didn't know how to add or it was just because I couldn't color a photo within the lines. Like I would just color it outside the lines all the time. And I just couldn't get past that picture. And they failed me for that because I couldn't color inside the lines. <laughs> they really failed you just for that one. <laughs> That's so wild. Yeah. I had, oh to, I had to go to another school and redo kindergarten all over again. But yeah, like sometimes we have to like really dig deep, you know, peel the layer of onions to figure out why you're feeling the way you're feeling or why you're going through the way you're going through. And when you can like, you know, bring awareness, awareness to that, then we can, you know, find different tools and resources to help you push through them and take action so you can be who you are. Exactly. And that's why it's so important to really nurture and empower our youth so that they don't have to deal with general generational trauma and other trauma like that and go through life and go through adulthood thinking certain things about themselves whether if it's I'm not good enough for this or I have to be this I have to conform to this ideal of society or this ideal of what my parents think is right of me so yeah Actually, you know what? I want to talk about your 
childhood growing up, you were born in the Philippines. Yeah, I was born in the Philippines. Um, you know, I have a big family in the Philippines and, you know, I grew up in two different cultures because, you know, I grew up in Filipino culture and I also grew up in Chinese culture because all my family's Chinese. And when you have two different Asian cultures growing up, it's crazy because you have standards of Filipino culture and standards of Chinese culture. Like, you know, beauty standards in Philippines is like bad enough as it is telling you that, you know, the only way to be beautiful is to be light skin and you see big billboards of whitening creams everywhere. And then Chinese culture, it's like, you're just told what to do, never make any noise, never rock the boat and just live life according to what your family wants you to do or your relatives. And so trying to live like that is not fun, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's like, your life is dictated for you and you can't do anything outside of that because then it's like you're considered crazy. You're shaming the family name and you know, you're, 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 you're like breaking all these rules and you're considered a rebel, but really you're just, you just want to live life on your own terms. And there's so many people in the Philippines or families and like, you know, who, who feel, who look like they have a perfect like life on social media, but you never know what happens closed doors. Like I've heard stories where, where, you know, women have go through domestic and emotional abuse or the husband controls their finances or they have side chicks like this. These are all, you know, things that nobody talks about, but it happens because they just want to hide it and not talk about it or just make sure nobody knows, even though everyone already knows, but, you know, pretend that nobody knows just to save face. Yeah, exactly. Those things really happen. Girl, I've heard so many stories of just women, titas, you know, over the grapevine who have like their husbands have had side chicks and the husband died. So then she has to pay for the side chicks like kids and everything. Like it's it's a mess. It's a debacle. Um, I don't want to get into that. But <laughs> do you find that Filipino culture or Chinese culture, one side of that Asian culture to be more overwhelming than the other? Or is it very different? I think um, for me, like, I guess Chinese culture is more overwhelming just because, you know, I come from a Chinese family. We have all these, you know, sometimes these Chinese beliefs and superstitions that we go through. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just crazy sometimes. Like, like, you know, if, if you're like this Zodiac sign in this year, it's like, you can't do anything crazy because it's considered bad luck. And then, you know, half the time you're like, this is stupid. But at the same time, you're like, well, what if it's true? And so, so you have, so you have that, like, then you start having anxiety. Like, I don't want anything bad happening to me, but yeah. Um, yeah. And just like, you know, how, what we're told to do or like just the pressure of getting married, because it's like, if you're not mm-hmm. married, then you're not worthy. And we have to realize like, we can't measure our worth based on our marital status. Like it's great if you got married for the right reasons, but a lot of people out there too get married for the wrong reasons. Like they just get married for the sake of marriage, not realizing like, you know, maybe the husband doesn't really love them and it's just all for show or she has somebody else, you know, and just married you for show or they control the finances or they think just because you're married to them, they own you and they start you know, physically abusing you. Um, There's so many different scenarios or even just like, you know, in the Philippines, mail order brides are very prevalent. And because of that, men think, 
yeah, men think that they own their wives, right? Because they bought it through a catalog and, and nobody talks about this because like, it's something that's not brought up. And so, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like there is like videos about it and stories about it where, you know, sometimes they pimp out the women that they ordered through a mail order bride. Like there's so many crazy stories, but nobody talks about it because we live in Western culture and it happens all the time. Yeah. You know, I'm sure it happens all the time. And I, maybe it's because I'm not paying that much attention. Like I know it's happening out there in the world, but I feel with Filipino culture compared to other different Asian cultures, like I have friends who are Chinese, I have friends that are Korean. I have friends who are Pakistani, Indian, Bangladeshi, and just all over, you know, the Asian spectrum. Um, and I know with my Pakistani, Bangladeshi, and Indian friends, a big thing or just a big issue that they talk about, not an issue, but um, arranged marriage is a big thing in those cultures. And even in other Asian cultures as well, I feel like Filipino culture doesn't emphasize marriage as much I could be wrong but I feel like maybe it's just my family but like I I mean I'm 23 years old I'm out of college my parents are not pressuring me to marry anyone or they're not telling me to that it's time to be looking for someone to get engaged to um and neither are my friends but you know every person's experience is individual so I'm not denying the fact that there can be other Filipinos who are facing these pressures but I feel like Filipinos don't really emphasize marriage am I wrong on that or um I think it's because you know you're still you're very young (laughs) I mean 22 you just got out of college but you know when you're a little bit older they do ask you oh when are you getting married when are you going to find a husband and this is in both cultures right especially when you're like in your 30s or 40s it's like oh when are you going to get married or do you have a love life or you know you get (laughs) you get all kinds of questions like my aunts always ask me when I'm getting married or why don't you go to church so so God can bless you with a husband <laughs> you know one aunt gave me a prayer book just to say like you know this could probably help you find a husband and it's crazy because like oh. that's like supposed to be the only goal for a woman but really it shouldn't be I'm not saying don't look like don't go don't get married I'm just saying get married for the right reasons instead of mm-hmm. getting married for the wrong reasons because there is someone out there for you who will love you for who you are you're exactly. the good bad and ugly parts and that's the kind of person you want who can accept you for who you truly are right with all your flaws and that has to start with yourself because if you don't love yourself you know with you know the good parts the bad parts how do you expect other people to right and you attract the things that you feel right so if you only appreciate the good parts of you you're going to end up with someone who will only appreciate the good parts with you and not the bad parts and so that's why it's so important to work on yourself first so you know what you can tolerate and not tolerate and there's someone out there for you who will love you just the way you are because i have friends who really love you know their partners for who they are you know they're not perfect but they're perfect for each other i mean it's not always a walk in the park they have their own problems but they always work it out right? Because they know that they're in it for the long haul and that nobody's perfect and that they all have their flaws and they work through it. Right. That's beautiful. 
honestly focus on yourself and realize your own self-worth and you'll attract the right people into your life who will genuinely love you and have the same goals and mission in mind with you. Anyways, what is next for you, Sheena? Um, well, right now, I mean, we're really just, we're really focused on creating these books and getting it out there. Like the first one, the Asian women who boss up, we're going to have it soon. We're also going to have a virtual summit, which is going to be, you know, amazing because it's going to be, you know, Asian women who boss up. I mean, that's something that's needed. Like I remember sharing, you know, announcing the book on a, on Asian hustle network group and everyone was just so excited. They were like, finally, there's a platform for us. There's a platform for Asian women. Like, yes, there's a lot of women out there bossing up, but sometimes we feel like there isn't one just for Asian women or women of color. And that's so needed because it's 2021 and we're still so underrepresented. So we're really, you know, focused on creating this book, creating that visibility, creating that presence, because this is just only the beginning. Like we don't know what's going to happen or how far this could take us, but we're hope we really want this to like go big because we just want to create the representation that everyone deserves. We love that. So when exactly is the book coming out? I know the e version of the book is coming later on this month, but what are the exact dates so that me and our viewers could know and when well, to check it out. Yeah, they could. Well, they they can pre-order the book already if they want. And they can also sign up for my newsletter. So I do notifications. Right now, we're currently doing an Asian Women Who Boss Up virtual book tour on my podcast. So you get to know the co-authors a little bit more. But yeah, they can sign up for my newsletter. I even send a free gift called Eight Ways to Boss Up Your Confidence. You can check that out on shinayapchan.com or the thetowofselfconfidence.com. And yeah, I send, I've been sending notifications of like the, the book tour and why this book is so needed and yeah they can just pre-order it and they'll get updates along the way for it perfect all right guys you heard it first it's the tau self-confidence.com the tau self-confidence.com or shinayapchan.com and shinayapchan.com <laughs> i will link all of her plugs in the description box below or wherever the description box is. Um, perfect. Thank you so much, Sheena, for coming on this podcast. Again, like you're someone that I admire because you're a Filipino Asian woman just doing it, running her empire and just coming for everyone's career. No, I'm kidding. But you're just bossing up and hustling. And that's something I really admire. So thank you so much for taking out the time to speak with me today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was so much fun. Alrighty guys. Well, that's it for today. Check out her links and stay tuned for the upcoming episodes here on Lissa's Life. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.